Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that the sun is out and it's beautiful and that we have this place to gather together, that even if we didn't have this building, we have each other to gather together with. I pray that you would just fill this place with your Holy Spirit, that you would unite our hearts and minds, whether we're sitting next to each other or across the room. We are here together to experience you, to hear from you. I know in my heart that you have something specific and life-giving to say to every single person in this room, myself included. So I just declare, my ears are open. My eyes are open. My heart and mind are open to whatever you want to say to us. So come, Lord Jesus, and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You guys, crazy weather this week, right? Just crazy. Charlotte so eloquently emphasizes with her snorkel gear, but it rained cats and dogs on Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, I've lived in the woodlands for 40 years, more or less, and I've never seen as much rain as we saw in that one 12-hour, six-hour time frame. It was crazy. Um, And I don't know if I ever will. I mean, they call in at the 500-year flood. So that means the weather that you saw, the flooding that you witnessed this week that kept you home from school, um, you may never see that. You probably won't see that ever again in this area as long as you live, unless some of you are planning on going for like 500 years. Um, But it's been crazy all over the place lately, you know? There's been all kinds of meteorological and geographical and whatever, like disasters, earthquakes, tornadoes, etc. Um, just within the last like three weeks, we had that crazy monster um, earthquake in Ecuador, right? I mean, this is just one little city area block, but I mean, it looks like it's just, oh, that was already... People's stuff was there. It shook so hard, stuff so heavy fell down so hard that it just turned to dust, like just people, stuff, Buildings, dust, like gone. In Japan, they had a similar event. And like entire neighborhoods just collapsed upon themselves. Like no one is ever going to live in any of those buildings again. They're done. Even if they're kind of standing, they got to tear them down. Like devastation, like just terrible stuff going on in those neighborhoods. And then the woodlands, the spring area, Houston. We're national news this week because of our flood. I mean, look at this picture of before and after. This is coming in to downtown from the north side. I mean, just, I I heard something, I don't remember the exact number, it was like four trillion gallons of water within a 12-hour time span. And where's it all gonna go? I mean, I think eight people passed away. Um, It was a big deal. It was a, a, what was it, $4 billion in damage? It was just a big, big deal. I want to walk you guys through some photos today. I'm speaking a bit today, but really I want you guys to engage this sermon with your eyes, be inspired um, by the power of God. I mean, what he did in this town overnight, like nobody exactly knew it was going to be like that, but in a day, the whole landscape has changed. But I also want you to be like, let these pictures speak to you as far as like, gee, that's, what, the, what if that happened to me? Um, what if that was my house? Uh, what, what can I do? to help. So Monday morning, uh, it's still raining cats and dogs, and I show up at work at like six in the morning, and the only other pe- person on staff that's here is Pastor Jeff. So I felt super cool and special because was, it was me and the big dog. But 
We're just in the building. The lights are out. Like floodwaters are going across the back of the parking lot. Nobody's here. And I'm just like, buddy, I think we got to, I don't think we should have people come to work today. It's nasty out there. So he sends out an email and we cancel work. And I'm just like, ha ha, influence. And so I have the day off. And um, he's like, you know, you should get out of here too. And I, I drove over a couple bridges on my way to work. And I'm like, I really should go because I don't know if they're going to flood or not. And later the next day, one of them did. So I leave work, now it's about 7 a.m., and instead of going left to get home, I go right, and I drive over to where I get all my plants, and I've shown you pictures of this place, but um, this is the Spring Gardens, I can't remember the name of it, it's the Spring Gardens Nursery, I do remember the name of it. It's this monster uh, landscaping company that's like, uh, where are we standing right now? I think it's like less than a mile that way, it's right next to the creek, and the entire place flooded. All that vacant area where water is, should be trees and stuff like what's behind it that are in big pots. And they don't just sell like vegetables to homeowners. They sell stuff to buildings and companies to do landscaping all over the place. It's a big deal place. It's got multiple acres and all of their goods are gone. Like all of their inventory, like everything they saved up for from last year and paid for this year to sell in the coming year is gone, is buried, is washed away by the flood. Just that forklift alone you see in the middle of the shot, that's like a $70,000 piece of machinery. Done. It's ruined. Not to mention all the stuff that's off the camera, like just tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise gone in a day, like 12 hours. It starts raining and bye-bye. Next picture. So I proceed on my way over to the Woodlands Waterway. And that's what I find. I'm just like, oh my, I walk down there with my kids and in a matter of just hours, it's just flooded. And this is like where it's getting less. But if you go to the right, it's even worse. But it wasn't as good a picture, so I didn't take it. But it was just nasty. It was crazy. You guys, you may never see that again. It, it was just this crazy event. Um, I took some video, but who, you know, you guys have driven over Lake Woodlands, over on Woodlands Parkway. You've probably walked along that path. Look at this video of Lake Woodlands at its peak. took it 30 feet above where it's normally at, because that's the dam, and that's a bird. And as he flies away, I follow and then cut, and I'm done. It was a really good shot. All right. I mean, you will probably never see that much water in Lake Woodlands again, but I mean, look at that. That's ferocious. There were, in the middle, there's all this debris, and when I was shooting from like the middle of the bridge, which I was actually a little hesitant to walk out on, because you could feel the water. These logs were just like shooting up and down into the water. It was crazy. And I've seen Hurricane Ike and I've seen Tropical Storm Allison and Hurricane Ali. I've never seen anything quite like that. The whole landscape changed. Next picture was Hughes Landing. Uh, nope, no, it's not. That's South Shore Park, right? The dragon should be over here on the right. He's drowned. He died. Does anybody know the name of the dragon? Steve? No. The name of the dragon is Midgard. He's Scottish. I was there when they built him, I know. All right, but look at that. That thing is just completely buried. The dock that hangs over on the left, part of it had flo floated down and over the side. Crazy, and the ducks are just like, party. Um, next picture is Hughes Landing, but that's Hughes One. The name of that building to the right is Hughes One. It's less than a year old. It's the global headquarters for the Howard Hughes Company, which owns the Woodlands. I don't know if you know that. Uh, the first floor flooded. Brand new building. They just moved in. They're, all their servers are out. And it's just like, pfft, 
done. I can't even imagine what it's going to cost. And everywhere behind Charlotte, within like 20 or 30 yards, you should be able to sit on benches and whatnot. It's all flooded. Uh, The next picture is up from the bridge on Lake Woodlands Drive. That's all like grassy area to sit and whatnot. It's just covered. And that's Hewitt's headquarters back there. And they got flooding. I mean, it was just a torrential mess in just 12 hours. It's crazy, the power of God in nature. But if you know this area, and if you like checking out crazy weather events, I mean, I said this last service, if I didn't, if I wasn't married, and if I lived maybe a little further north, I would totally be a storm tracer, like driving one of those weird tanks, taking pictures of tornadoes. I just love nature, especially when God shows off his power in nature. But I know from a past experience, when, when big rain falls, the place that gets hit hardest in our area is Timberlake's Timber Ridge. Here's a shot of me trying to drive down to Timberlake's Timber Ridge, and the road just disappears. I mean, it just, the flood waters rose up. They got higher than this later that day, but you just couldn't get any further than that. And the road, as well as the community, dips down. So this next picture is zoomed in. Do you see those two guys up there behind the sign? They're walking back into their neighborhood. They had walked out because the floodwaters were so crazy. And we're talking like half an hour, 30 minutes an hour, just the water in your house is rising, rising, rising. You're like, I got to get out of here. And the guy in the white hat on the left, I had seen him moments before in the parking lot of St. Simon and Jude, which is this church right on the boundary of Timberlake's Timber Ridge. He's just weeping into his hands. And I saw him and I was like, God, I bet that dude lives in Timberlake. Like, I bet he's here because he is trying to live, like, so he doesn't get swept away. Because Spring Creek, when it overflows, it just, it's not just floodwaters. It's like rushing water is going through your home, through your driveway, through your vehicle, your stuff. And he was just crying over there on the corner. I prayed for him from a distance, but he's surrounded by some other people. But then he gets up and he heads back in. He's like, I'm going to go see if I can maybe salvage some stuff or find my dog. Like, I don't know. Um, in, in the blink of an eye, like that dude's life, completely different forever. Um, so that was the day of the storm. And I just went out and took some photos and posted them online. I figured, I bet people don't know how bad it is over there. But then I went out two days later. It's like, I, I want to go see how Timberlake's Timberridge is doing. I want to go see if they need some help. Um, I did that during Hurricane Ike. And so I was like, I'm going to go back over there because it's a, it's, not a super wealthy area, and so people just kind of overlook it. But, I mean, they get hit hard. You hear about people in Grogan's Point who get some flooding, but most of them have insurance and whatnot. But these guys are not of that means. So I go back over there the next day, and some, I mean, I still couldn't get everywhere that that community has to offer. I mean, the rain has stopped. The floodwaters are receding, but it's still flooded. That's a road that my car is on. What's up, Lenny? Um, Next one. This is one of like so many houses that were flooded, that, but I couldn't get to all of them because they were flooded. So this is one of the ones I was able to shoot. But I mean, look at the pine tree. Do you see the dark part at the bottom? That's how high the water was. I mean, nothing in that house can ever be used again, let alone the house. Like it's not just you get rid of the stuff and pull up the carpet. You got to cut out the drywall. You got to redo everything. Next picture somebody's Jaguar on the side of the road. And if you look at it, you can see the water was over the car. That car's done. That car's over, along with many like it. Next picture. There's some just poor dude hanging out. Can't get into his house because it's flooded. And what do you do? You just sit there, watch. And it broke my heart. He's all by himself. But I mean, 
12 hours of rain, that dude's life, different, changed forever. Next picture. This is one of like five shots. There were like 30 shots, but these are the clear and close-up ones. But, so this is this house, and there's all their stuff. It's not like, you know, I lost my favorite spatula. Like, their beds, their sheets, their furniture. Next picture. Like, everything. Look, that piece of furniture leaning against the couch. What about all the stuff that was on that? Their knickknacks, their PlayStation, their television, their clothing, their silverware, their plates. When water rises like that and floods areas, it floods our septic systems too. So it's not just water. Like it's nasty. It's gross. It's toxic, icky stuff. These guys don't even know where to start. They're just piling stuff up everywhere. Their cars are flooded. Their house is flooded. Their garage is flooded. Their personal items, their effects, their laptops, their um, clothing, their food, their everything, their pets, gone in a heartbeat. Is that the last one? I think that's the last one. There were, I mean, you don't see it, and it didn't make a great shot, but like every house in front of the house is their belongings, a lifetime of possessions. You can't, you can't just go out and buy all that stuff in a day. Like they built that up over years and years, things that have been passed down through generations, all their family photos, um, their kids' first teeth, like it's just gone. So, these flood victims, as I'm going out and taking pictures and seeing some folks and talking with some folks and praying with some people, etc., um, here's what struck me. These people in our neighborhood, I mean, that, that neighborhood is a, a less than a mile from here. As the crow flies, you can walk there in about nine minutes. These people are desperate for some good news today, aren't they? Wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you be if that was your house? Desperate for some good news. But here's the reality. The whole world every day is desperate for some good news. You know what gospel means? Good news. If you're in this room, I would wager you're a Christian. And if you're not, you can become one before you leave. Put your faith in Jesus. Acknowledge you need a Savior. Say, I'm willing to believe. You're on your way. But the whole world is desperate for good news, and we, it's our job to bring the good news. We're supposed to be little Christs. We're supposed to be little Good news sharers, people that point out the good to others that can't see it. Um, the world's desperate for some help, for some healing, for some truth, for some beauty in a dark, icky place. And I want to underscore like our responsibility as God's children. Um, we're going to burn through just a handful of scriptures real fast that speak to our responsibility. And I'm not saying that you guys don't already do this. In fact, many of you do. And people are talking, and I love it, and God's smiling on you. But you can do better. And those of us that are in this room that haven't been doing much, we can certainly do better. Philippians chapter 2, verses, verse 4. This is God's word to every single one of you in this room. Do not look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You guys, as a nation, we stink at this one. It is all about me. It is all about how I feel. It is all about what I believe is right. You guys, God's right, and God's way is right. And God says the way that we're supposed to live our lives is don't just be interested in your stuff. Be, just be interested even in other people, in their lives, in their celebrations, and their struggles. John 13, 
34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, Jesus says, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not only are we supposed to care about people, we're supposed to love them. And not only are we supposed to love them, we're supposed to love them in such a way that when people see it, they're like, that guy knows Jesus. That girl is doing that for Christ. We're supposed to love people and then point at God and say, he's the reason. Not, oh, I feel sorry for you, or I had this to give. Those are good reasons, but we're supposed to do it. I am giving to you because Jesus has given to me. You're hurting. I have hurt before. Let me comfort you. We're supposed to do things in a way that points to the Lord. 1 John 3.18, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions. We are really good at seeing something or seeing someone that's hurt and saying, I'm sorry. That stinks for you. But we need to act as well. It's one thing to have empathy or sympathy for someone, but if you have power to do something to help them, do it. If you got $5 in your wallet, offer it. If you got two shirts, give one of them away. Don't just say that you love people. Love them. Put your arms around them. Get into the muck and the mire with them. Proverbs 21:13. Whoever closes his ear to the cries of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. This is how serious God is. If you want me to help you, why aren't you helping the people around you? If you want me to bless you, why don't you try being a blessing to the people around you? It impacts how God responds to us if we don't share what he's given us. Hope, love, joy, stuff, time. The last one that I'm using to point this out is John 3.16. You should know this scripture. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You guys, if God loved the world enough to take his Wyatt and say, kill him, take his life, because that's required for me to forgive you, have a relationship. Like, if he loved the world enough to give his only son for us, certainly we can pause for a minute when we see anyone who's hurting and hug them or someone who needs help and give an hour of our time or someone that can't afford to buy pizza on Wednesday or food at all and say, here, take this. Some of you guys are going on mission trips to some tough places this year. I would encourage you, don't think about what you're going to wear on your trip to look hot on the trail or to look good in Africa. Take stuff to give away because they need it more than we do. I want to give you guys an example to help you understand we can't underestimate, we can't overestimate the power of giving somebody a hug in a desperate moment, of pointing out the good in a tough situation. I'm going to show you a quick clip, and this is Oklahoma last year, tornadoes, wiped out whole towns, dozens of people dead. Here's a clip of this woman who just an hour or less before her whole life turned upside down. Watch this. Never lost consciousness. Uh, and I hollered for my little dog and he didn't answer or didn't come. So I know he's in here somewhere. Oh. But uh, it just, I mean, it, it was there and it was gone. 
just uh, just no time. And uh, then it was light, and I thought, well, I'm okay. And I had some stuff on top of me, and I started wiggling. Are you able to comprehend yet what happened here? I know exactly what happened here, exactly. And uh, what do you? I mean, what do you? What do you think of all this? This is your neighborhood. I can't imagine. This is life in the big city. The dog. The dog. The dog. Hi, puppy. The dog. Oh. Oh, Fuzzy. Oh, Fuzzy. Bless your little bitty heart. Help me. Help me. Oh, Fuzzy. Oh. Oh, 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 come on, get him. Oh, 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 oh. Hi. That's hard for me to watch without just tearing up. That woman just lost everything that she owns in life, like everything, gone in a heartbeat. That tornado had gone through there like half an hour, an hour before. The news crews went straight up, and they're interviewing people on the spot, and they're just like, what, what are you thinking right now? And she's just like, man, the tornado wiped out my house. What do, you, what do you mean? But what I love about that clip is that woman would not have been standing in that place had it not been for those reporters that were just there at the right time in the right place. And all that reporter did was point and say, look, the dog. And she turns around and her whole world went from devastation to elation. Oh, my God. God, you didn't just save me, you saved my dog. And I, I am willing to bet that she would not have found that dog had she not been standing there right then and there, had those reporters not just simply pointed out, look, there is a glimmer of hope right there. That is all we are responsible to do, you guys. We don't have to stop there, but that's where we need to start. It is my job and your job to just go out and point out the good to people that need to see it and say, I know you just lost your parent. I know that you just got a horrible diagnosis. I know that you just failed this test and don't get into your school, but I have some good news for you. Just point out the good to people. Help write their thinking and know I'm not desperate. I am not alone. You guys, here's the good that comes out in a disaster. It brings people together. It lifts people up, and it helps us to be at our best. I want to cruise through a couple shots that are related to the disasters that I've talked to you about this morning. Um, because we should all have a desire, not should, we do, it's in you, a desire to make people feel the way that reporter made that old woman feel. Look, there's some hope. <gasps> Thank you. Here's some shots of some people that did exactly that. So we started off with Japan. Look how this natural disaster brought that place together. All these volunteers, and they're given their suits, and they're like, go out and dig people out of the rubble and help people see and know that all is not lost. Here's two strangers in Ecuador. After this dude's house is gone, I think his family is gone, and this perfect stranger just comes up and it's like, I have nothing to offer you, but I will put my arms around you and let you know you're not alone. Who in this room can't do something like that? There are people less than a mile from here that would love to know you're not alone. I love you. I see you. Next picture. This is 
from the news. I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday. And this awesome shirtless redneck guy driving this big airboat, right? And I love this guy because here's a guy that showed up at the entrance to Timber Lakes Timber Ridge with his boat in tow and said, look, I got a boat. Can I help? And they're like, yes, because we don't have a boat like that that can get where we need to go. And so he hops on his boat, he grabs some volunteers, and all day long they go in and out of Timber Lakes, and he rescues people left and right and probably saves some lives because he had a boat. What do you have that you could use to make a difference for the kingdom? The guy right in front of him in the white shirt with the dark hair, that's my buddy Evan Besong. You guys, some of you know Evan, grew up in the student ministry, graduated from here, was a small group leader. God called him into politics. So Evan works at James Nowak, Commissioner uh, Precinct 3. And he was just in the right place at the right time. They're like, Evan, come with us. And he got to save people from drowning that day just by being present and being willing. Are you willing to step up when the time is right? Or are you, oh, I got to get to the movies. I got homework. Like all God's looking for is willingness. He's looking for a little bit of faith put into action. Next picture. This guy on the left, my left, blue shoes, that's Brian Wing. Brian graduated a year before me from the McCullough High School, Woodlands High School now. And Brian has been blessed with his business. He's one of the wealthiest dudes in town. But he doesn't just do it all for himself and buy Lamborghinis and spend it on extravagant stuff. He loves to help people like a lot of you do. And Brian has a guy that's part of his church, this guy on the right, who lost everything. One of those houses with all the stuff in the street was his. Lost his stuff, lost his car, his family. He's got nothing to give to him. And Brian went out and bought him that van on Wednesday and said, here. That's pretty awesome. Okay, maybe you're like, well, I don't have enough to buy a van. Well, you got enough of something to make a difference. You got some time. You got a shirt to spare. We are called to do something. Just do what you can. Next picture. You guys know those folks. It's Anissa and Eddie and Maya. And I, I saw on Facebook, I think, where they were like, where can we go? What can we do to help? And they hear about, you can go here. So they go to, what was it, Klein ISD. And their whole community has been brought together. And they're just bringing up stuff and donating it. And they went and just packaged boxes to give away to folks. You guys, who can't make time to do something like that? Next picture. All right. And so this brings it full circle. This is my Facebook page. So I shared those photos, and all I did was go out and do what I love to do. You guys love to do stuff. You love doing sports. You love using your big fat brains. You like doing all kinds of things. I love taking pictures, and I love being in nature. And so all I did was go take pictures in nature. And I posted them online thinking, I bet people don't know how bad it is. And a thousand people didn't like it. They shared it. So I have no idea how many people saw that. But what I loved is all in the comments, people were like praying for those folks. How can I help? All I did was use what God has put in me that I love to do and did it with a purpose. What do you love to do? Because God wants to make a difference. He wants to use you in an amazing way. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up my talk and I'm going to introduce a friend of mine. Um, Vicki McMillan is a local artist that's been tied to Wood's Edge for a long time. She's 
world-renowned. She is painted with all kinds of folks all over the planet. Um, she is an incredible painter and photographer. Um, she's going to share for a moment or two about how she has a gift as well that God has used to bless people and give her opportunities to share the gospel through art all over the place. And then she is going to invite you to have an opportunity to use some of your time and gifts this morning to make a difference. Would you guys give Vicki a round of applause? Thank you. Thanks a lot for letting me come here uh, today and share something with you. I'm going to tell you a story that's a little different from the last group because you're older and probably can understand this a little bit more. Um, but when I was five years old, I came to the realization that there was something bigger in life than just me and that I needed a savior. I needed one to come into my heart, to come into my life and make me new because I could not save myself. I was separated from a, a living God who was holy and righteous and I wanted him to come into my life. At that time, you know, you're so young, but I had a passion for art and painting and doing all kinds of stuff. But over time, I realized that it was much deeper that the Lord had implanted in my heart was that a gift to paint. And um, I, I believe that the Lord gives us talents, and he also gives us gifts. And it's how we choose to use our gifts and our talents and melt those two things together and let God Purpose your life and order your life the way that he knows exactly what will fill your heart, exactly what will make you happy. And it was a long, it's been a long journey and my journey's not over and things change for my career. But as a wildlife conservation artist, I've been given the privilege to, like this piece here has been in uh, 12, it's won 12 awards. It's a print of the original. It's been in books and magazines published. And, but I, my passion is to go to Africa to photograph and to study wildlife and um, come back to my studio in the woodlands and paint. Oftentimes, painting is a singular um, event. It's with me and me. <laughs> and I love to worship while I'm painting, but I love to also be with people. I love to evangelize, to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and to disciple. But... Um, I asked him, I was like, Lord, how can you blend all those together? Because I, I can't see that when I was 16 years old. And over time, I saw the glory and the majesty of God take all of my hard circumstances that I've been in life, through life, difficult things. And one being that at the age of 16 years old, I started to notice whenever I was in the lunchroom and I would drink a drink, that my hands started to shake. And so I started hiding it, thinking, okay, well, I don't understand this, what's going on? But it progressed over the years to where my hands shake like this. My vocal cords, if you can hear, have a little tremor. And my limbs, if I'm not leaning against something for very long, my back and my limbs start to shake too. And it's progressive as well. It's called benign tremors. <laughs> It's embarrassing sometimes because I've learned to hide it, try to hide it. But I also learned to embrace it because it has been one of the best gifts that I didn't see as a gift. But, he, but embracing that disability created a new way, a new approach to painting, which set me apart from other wildlife artists. So I, instead of abandoning this brush... I embraced the brush and held my breath whenever I do detail and hold my hand. 
So anything is possible with the glory and surrendering over to the Lord. And in particular, I want to share one thing with you with, um, about Aaron. Does anyone know about Aaron and Moses? Anybody? Who knows Moses? A lot of people know who Moses is, right? Well, Aaron was um, chosen as God's instrument to go with, Mo- um, with Moses because Moses was terrified and afraid to speak to people. So he said, well, fine. If you don't want to go, then I'll, I'll let Aaron be your mouthpiece. Well, Aaron was, um, went with him before the Pharaoh. He witnessed God's power through everything. And all the way up, he put him as the high priest. He put him in charge of making the garments. He put him in charge, Aaron, in charge of making the tabernacle. He put him in charge of making the, um, oh, what is that called? The thing that they hold the Bible and everything in, the ark, the ark. He was the best artist in the entire Bible. If you want to know about the arts and giving your, your, your music and your writing and your dance and your everything to the Lord, look at Aaron. But one thing he did do, instead of using his gifts for the Lord, he made a mistake. And he used it to create a calf an idol, and made everybody fall at the mountain, Mount Sinai. Instead of using his gifts to glorify him, the Lord, he used it against the Lord. You have a choice every single day. Do I want to stand up today and I want to use my gifts and my talents to glorify you? Or am I going to be like Aaron and make this mistake and make everybody fall? You have a choice. So with that being said, um, I, I have a passion also to be collaborative, do collaborative works, which if you go to the mall next to the carousel, there's many collaborative pieces I've done up there with the community, anywhere between seven and 2,000 people. And this is not something that I designed. It is literally something God implanted in my heart, a vision. People ask, how did this happen? And I have to give glory to him about how this happened. So in with that... Um, The Texas Children's Hospital that's being built over here has hired me to do a collaborative piece created by the entire community. And we have right now about 2,000 people signed up over the next couple weeks to participate in the creation of part. You're going to participate in part of the mural, but it's 64 feet long, okay? But you get to sign your name and add a stroke of paint and be a part of something that's by community and helping. So I ask you to pray even as you're walking up um, that your stroke would make a difference in some child's life when they walk through and maybe they've got brain cancer or they've got some issues or parents that they've lost their child. Maybe your stroke, your color, I I don't think when you're praying, anything comes back void because I'm constantly praying and asking the Lord to do great and mighty things. So with that, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.